I wanted to end this on a, a great learning note, and that is that at the end of the year, a lot of us take stock of our marketing campaigns, or we should be. And one of the tools that I love using, I realize it's not the most comprehensive in terms of the data, but it demonstrates a very good um, ability to sort the data, and that's Bleco. That's a search engine called Bleco, B-L-E-K-K-O. Um, you have to have an account, but when you do have an account there, and it's free, uh, you can do a search. And this search looks like uh, bleco.com slash uh, WS, or actually, you just type in the, the URL, right, John, and then space forward slash SEO. Yes, you can do it with the search results too, not just a, a URL. Right, yes. So you go to the search results, or go to the search box in Bleco, type in the, the domain, put a space and then forward slash SEO and it will deliver you uh, all that it knows about the SEO on the site. And there are fantastic graphs. It gives you some really good indication of why, let's say, a competitor is doing better than you are uh, or what elements they may be doing that you are not doing. They show where links are coming from, you name it. Uh, have you used it much, John? Uh, I'm actually an editor of Blecko um, for the SEO blog section. So I, I love that site. Wow. Editor, man. Nice. So if anybody has any SEO blogs, they're not listed. It's, the great thing about Blecko is they have these things called slashes, and you can go to Blecko type slash SEO blogs, and it'll give you this list of curated content by the editors. There's a group of us that edit the SEO blogs, and there's like that for all kinds of different categories inside of Blecko. So it's 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 really neat the way that works. And if you know of any SEO blogs not listed in there, shoot me a note, and I'll, I'll make sure it gets added. I'm looking for mine. It should be in there. <laughs> Wow, it is good. It's got a very good listing. Um, I, I, I really like it. I, I, I do wonder how sites like this can stay afloat, but I think it's pretty amazing that they, that, with what they do with the power they have. I think that Bleco is kind of considered like the fourth search engine. You know how they, they talk about Yahoo being in, in, in Google. Bleco is usually the fourth one on the panel when they have all those three together and they add another one. It's usually Bleco. Hmm. I, I but I've never heard anyone mention it in this you know in the in the realm of just you know average Joe. Yeah, well, I've had people ask me about what's that when they read like a <laughs> T-shirt. <laughs> well, that's close. Yeah. <laughs> in any case, uh, I do highly recommend uh, exploring Blecko and, and and these particular tags. I, I think the forward slash SEO. Um, the, the slash SEO search is amazing. It provides. Yeah, it, it's really good for competitive intelligence. Like you said, you can actually compare a couple sites in the SEO section and it'll show you the difference really well. Yeah. Like I just type in triple W dot, let's say mashable.com space forward slash SEO. And there it goes. It says how many inbound links it has, which is obviously false, but at least it gives me uh, some metrics on what they have. Cause they say they only have 6,000. <laughs> Yeah, they don't have quite as deep a crawl as some of the other engines. <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> In any case, it does show some great data, such as how many sections are duplicated, uh, when it was crawled, pages seen, uh, late, Google Analytics, the latency, uh, robots information, quite a bit of data. And that's just think, amazing. And I can tell you, Bleco is probably one of the catalysts that forced Google to do the Panda update 
because before Google even did the Panda update, and you know Google gets credit for the war on content farms, but Bleco before that even happened banned eHow, banned some demand media sites, banned some of these content farms from their index altogether. They just cut them out completely. <laughs> they made it pretty public. And it wasn't long after that that Google announced the Panda update. I don't know. I mean, I agree that some of this stuff needs to be cleaned up. There's no question. But, you know, eHow, I find a lot of great content on it. Don't you? Not once. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time I go and I say, okay, let's try eHow because there's a, I'm trying to figure out how to do something, it's always totally useless. Like, I have not found one time that I could use that site to give me the information I need to do what I wanted to do. Just That's just my experience. Huh. Well, one thing I, I noticed here is uh, Page One Results mentioned that uh, none of his sites are in Blacko because they treat the no archive um, as a no index. That's bizarre. That is interesting. Hmm. I can't fathom why they would do that. I think they're shooting for a much cleaner kind of database where they don't just try to crawl everything. They just want to crawl the stuff that they think is valuable and that the users will think of valuable. But you're right. No archive. I can kind of see an argument for that from their perspective. It's like if you don't want us to keep it in our archive, then we're not going to keep it in the results. Uh, he's got to head out now, but thanks for your participation, man. Much appreciate. Yeah, it. definitely. It nice did, he, did he ever say if his name was Sean? Is that the same guy that I that I know? No, he on? he went to Arg when you uh, called him Sean. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually spacing on his name too, so maybe he'll have a second to say it before yeah. he leaves. It. Come on. Ah, well, we yeah, better nice. wrap up. Actually, um, so uh, you know what? It's the end of the year. We we're not going to have another one because uh, it's just too crazy over the next couple of weeks, but. I really want to uh, wish everyone who's listening a fantastic holiday season and a wonderful New Year's. And uh, when you come back, we're going to have a fresh new year of great content, uh, far better uh, show structure (laughs) with less odd breaks. And we can only hope. uh, I I totally agree, Ross. I thank everybody. But I want to thank you for being here too, man. Because this whole thing, my whole year, my whole couple years on the show have been because of you and I enjoy it because of you. And I don't tell you, I tease you a lot, but I really appreciate you, man. Oh, thanks, buddy. Well, I was talking to Darren and, you know, I just don't know who else I do it with. So, hug. Okay, I won't go that far. (laughs) Ross, you have no clue. Let me tell you you as a producer, okay, that, you know, there was a point where – when things started coming across and we wanted to go ahead and bring this, you know, SE 101 has been around on the network for a number of years. And this is actually, you know, a relaunch of the show when you, we brought you on. And I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for Jim Hedger making the recommendation to have you and initially have Jennifer uh, Laycock join, join on, I, I didn't know, I didn't expect us to go ahead and get to this point, but I'm glad we did. And I, I'd love, you know, of all the talks we've had about the radio show, the enthusiasm just that, we have so much left to prove, so much left to conquer, and so many more people to educate. And new people are coming in every day listening in. We're so thankful for them, and I'm really thankful for having you and John together. I mean, you know, things just kind of like just uh, fell into place just like it, it just happened, you know. Ross, you came in because of Jim, and then John was your suggestion, and, you know, it's worked out perfectly. I can't ask for better. Well, thank you, man. Yeah. A wonderful producer, too, and backslaps all around. This is a really great show, and it's a lot of fun to do. I look forward to it every week. Yes. Big, here's virtual high five. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, you know, uh, to all those who celebrating Christmas, Merry Christmas, and those who aren't, I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. And uh, I know there's a lot of other faiths, but uh, I hope you have a great time and and uh, get to enjoy yourself. And if you're a wonderful gadget geek like myself, you'll get some great gadgets this, this Christmas. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, if you want to hook up for our next show, uh, I don't even know what the date would be exactly. I guess it would be the second. Or no, no, it wouldn't be. It would be... No, we're back in the first second. There we are. Okay, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Internet. Thanks for joining us today. You can catch our show every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. And uh, please, by all means, leave your questions or anything on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash SEO101podcast. And you can also email any questions to me, uh, ross at stepforth.com. That's S-T-E-P-F-O-R-T-H.com. And reach John via Twitter. At John Carcutt, definitely. Thanks, everyone. Have a great holidays. Happy holidays, and thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Welcome to my 100th show. <laughs> I still can't believe it, but congratulations! It's, it's not mine, but it's getting close. It's getting there. It's definitely getting there. But it's been like two years. I can't believe we've been doing this for two years together, man. Wow, that's so awesome! I absolutely love it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, it's okay. S- s- sit down, sit down, sit down. Just, just, just throw tens and twenties. <laughs> or just gadgets just throw gadgets at us <laughs> you have to make them soft ones <laughs> yeah. yeah throw gently please yeah. I was actually talking to someone today and saying or email and saying that you know if I could and, and they were soft enough I'd sleep in a bed of gadgets <laughs> just love them <laughs> okay. TMI there Ross <laughs> I know I love them I just love them too much it's just wrong I'm a perfect example of what's wrong in this world for gadgets <laughs> just can't get enough do you, do you have like a gadget count are you a gadget collector do you have like this little do you have like a spreadsheet inventory of your gadgets of when you got them and when you updated them and are you that geeky no <laughs> and you don't have the time sleep in a bed of gadgets <laughs> between that and laziness to <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. So I just love reading about them and finding out what I'm going to get next. And, and, and it's really interesting to see just what's changed and, and what we kind of predicted. 
Like, of course, I was, I've been waiting for that for like two years. You know, this one app. <laughs> well, I, I saw that camera. I think I texted you a picture of it. I saw that camera you were about that that is just totally revolutionizes the way photography works because you can change the focus and, and everything of an image after you take it. I saw one of those at the Wired store um, in, in Times Square a couple weeks ago, and it's very, very odd looking. But it, it, the results are amazing. But the camera itself is just like this little square tube. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, that was the one that uh, I had a geekgasm over. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, I I can't recall the name. It'll, it'll come back to me at the wrong time. But anyways, um, I think my, my my little boy might be listening to us right now. Oh, good. Remind me not to cuss. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Xander. Hey, uh, Xander. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have... We're going to have a good episode today. We're, we've got a, a bit of news here to cover. Um, this is, uh, I, I, I was trying to get some people on for this. It just didn't end up working. It's just too busy this time of year. It's kind of like the worst time ever to have a 100th episode. <laughs> but uh, we've got a bit of news, though. Um, one of the things was about Google's uh, – actually, all about Google, I have to admit, except for a, a, a hack on Bing, of course. Um, Bing just got to close in. <laughs> Uh, and that is that uh, Google has removed the author search from Google News. Uh, interesting. I don't. Well, they, they, it, they removed it, but they replaced it with something. So it's 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 like they've had this for a while, but uh, the the thing where you can see other articles by the same author underneath. So they've, they you can still do it, but you just can't do it the way you used to be able to do it. Yeah, to quote them, it says the author search operator search operator is no longer available. For author-specific Google News content, I would recommend use of the authorship capabilities in Google News introduced last month. Integration with Google Plus Circles means easier following and engagement between authors and readers. Uh, in other words, they're once again just making it that much more difficult to avoid Google Plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I can't blame them. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I know. It's, it's going to keep coming. Google Plus is just going to keep coming, and we're going to get tired of reporting about all the stuff that happens where, oh, now you can do this with Google Plus, or now this has been integrated into Google Plus. It's just going to keep rolling out all, I'd say, the first half of next year. It's all the time we're going to be talking about it to the point where we're just going to not realize that just piece by piece, Google's taking over our lives again. <laughs> yeah, we just believe it's again. It's always. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of like what they did. They used to have the Google Dance algorithmic updates like every six months. You did, oh, there's a Google Dance. And then all of a sudden it was just a continual update. That's what they're doing with this. Now it's not all of a sudden Google's doing something. It's just a one long continual we're taking over your life. <laughs> you will yay! be completed. This shows how brainwashed they got us. I actually go, yay. Uh, <laughs> Now, a follow-up. Uh, I think it was, was it the last episode or the one before we were ranting about how uh, Bing had dropped the Black Friday and Cyber Monday websites uh, because they said it was full of spam. And oh, yeah. Right, yeah. On, right on the particular days they were supposed to launch and really make their money. And, and these are legitimate sites that are talked about by the Wall Street Journal. You name it. They're quoted. They have good stuff. And uh, we were a little irate because – it, it, it appeared that Bing had dropped them and replaced it with their own ads. Now, <laughs> they've kind of done a, they've done a classic Microsoft move. They're not saying that they're wrong, but they did re-include the sites in their index after an algorithm, quote-unquote, update. Which happened to be after the shopping cycle was over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> Interesting. And to quote the uh, search engine line uh, article where I saw this, this is uh, several of those dropped off have wondered if this was all part of an attempt by Bing simply to drive more traffic to a special section of Bing shopping that was ranking and still does in the first page of listings for searches at Bing for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Bing has denied this. Duh. <laughs> wow. So what would happen if they did something like that? Let's say it's, you know, right at the high, height of political season. It's, you know, the, the U.S. presidential election is a month away and all of a sudden we don't think Obama's website is authoritative anymore. We're gonna we're gonna get rid of it, and all of a sudden, oh, we're we're sorry. We'll bring it back. We, we're bringing it back the day after the election. Mm, yeah, exactly. Where does it stop? Yeah. Uh, you know, if someone looks like they're they're spamming, and they, they're, that's what they're gonna say, right? They're just gonna say, oh, they'll look like they're spamming, uh, but they're just something you didn't agree with. I don't know. It, it's creepy. Yep. Very creepy. What, so, what what have you encountered this week? Anything new? Anything? Uh, I, I tell you what, I really like like all the stuff that Google's doing with HTML5, and you, they, they had a new Easter egg come out this this week. Um, yeah. If you, if you type in "Let it snow," it'll go to the search results for "Let it snow," but they'll start doing snowflakes down your screen. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of neat. Just kind of casual. But then I went to another tab and started doing something else, and came back a little while later to that same tab, and the "Let it snow" screen had frosted over, so the whole screen was like this frost, and I could like I could wipe it off like you do on your windshield, and you could see what's underneath it. And there's just like a little button, which is new, normally your search button, turned into a defrost button. You hit the button and defrosted your screen. So. It, it was like an Easter egg within an Easter egg. It was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I really appreciate when a company can have some fun, and, and they mm -hmm. do. That's one thing I've really enjoyed about Google. It just looks like a fun place to work for, for reasons just like that. You get to do these neat things. I mean, there's so much brain trust there. <laughs> it probably took minutes to work that out. <laughs> oh, I know. Exactly. You know, 10 minutes from the design department and you know, half an hour of a couple coders. But still, or or they ended up just, oh, hey, I made one of those, one of those scripts when I was a kid. Let's, uh, let's use that one. <laughs> If they made, and it's probably not too far off. Some of those guys are so young they could have made HTML5 scripts when they were a kid. <laughs> Speaking so. of young, this is a, a, an envy moment. Uh, you know, our, our time is coming. But um, <laughs> Pete Cashmore uh, from Mashable, um, yeah, I, I really admire that guy. But anyway, he um, he's 26 years old, and he was just number. Uh, he was rated number 12 of the top 30 under 30 on Forbes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they, disc, they figure that Mashable, which is close to Huffington Post in terms of traffic, 20 million page views, uh, or nice. you know, something like that. It's just ridiculous. Um, sold, uh, so Huffington Post sold for $315 million around the same time of the growth of Mashable. Nice. 26. <laughs> God. Very nice. <sighs> yeah. Uh, it does kind of make you sad that you know we're not we're a bit older than that, but <laughs> just a bit. Yeah, but hey, I'm bit. happy doing what I'm doing, so you know that's what counts. Well, at some point I'll run into him here. He he comes to Victoria occasionally because his uh, girlfriend uh, is from here. So, oh nice. Uh, I didn't realize he was Scottish too. Anyways, off off topic here, but that's where he started Mashable. I had no idea in Scotland by himself. I didn't either. That's kind of crazy. Uh, and, hey, and another bit of trivia for Christmas. Did you know that Jingle Bells is actually a Thanksgiving song? I guess I didn't know that, no. <laughs> yeah, it was a Thanksgiving song, and people loved it so much they started using it for Christmas. There you I'm are, trying to figure, You've I'm learned something trying new trying to today. figure out why you use bells and things. Everyone loves shopping online. Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. 
Stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping, it's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary. Thanksgiving, what is the, what are the, I, they why were, do you they, jingle bells all day long during Thanksgiving? They were strange back then. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we're strange now. We just don't know. Was it was it the Canadian Thanksgiving? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You know, I'd be a good question. I wonder if we even had Thanksgiving until uh, in Canada. Like, before, did it start in the states? I'm not sure. I know we are totally way off topic of SEO, but yeah, let's get back to it here. But I have to ask because you brought it up. So, the United States Thanksgiving is based on you know the Pilgrims and the Indians getting together to celebrate. What is What's the the Canadian Thanksgiving based on? Is there something behind it other than just you wanted a holiday too? Well, and that's why, <laughs> and that's why I think that uh, it has a big relation to the states because I, as far as I know, it's always been that as well. Um, it's it's we're celebrating this poor massacre of, of Indians. It's just the saddest thing. It's yeah, different, it's- Ross. Uh, the Wikipedia says uh, it's a day of general Thanksgiving to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest. It's the end, the close of the harvest season. That's the reason for the Canadian version of Thanksgiving. There we go. I like that one a lot more. Okay. Okay, let's get to the show. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, what else I was sort of wondering is, like, you, you see so many things. We had a good talk last week, actually, about a website, uh, about design and layout. But you see so many things during the week. Has there been any um, sort of stunning finds or anything that you can share with the um, not that I can talk about it in public. <laughs> well, no, yeah, you can't get away from anything. But uh, well, one of the things you and I were talking about was the layouts of a large website, and yeah, that was we a great conversation. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. And I, I, what I did to everyone was I, I know uh, John's way more um, experienced with the really, really big websites, and, and I've got a, a couple big ones right now I'm working on. And I thought, well. Let's run to buy him, and he had some fantastic advice. and And it's obviously a long conversation, but a couple of the tips you gave me were really good about um, doing the uh, picking a mode of navigation and sticking to it. And you know, it's funny. I, I think I've told that to clients. I don't know how many times, but hearing it from you at that point put me back online again too. It's just it's just bizarre. But can so, you explain so- that a little more? So uh, yeah, so the the example here was a a large e-commerce site that had numerous ways, three exactly, to, to ways to search for products. Um, and it's a it's a it's a car part site, so you yeah. could search for it based on the the type of car. You could search on it based on, on the type of part. Or you could just search, put in a, put in like a item number or something and do a search. Well, from, from a, you know, that's great to have all three variations for a user, um, to be able to use. So search, typing in a part number is really, that's not going to be search friendly, so to speak, because search engines do not want search results in their search results. So you kind of got, you kind of have to exclude that one from the search, the, the, uh, the search results kind of navigation. So that leaves you with two. You know, and you have to kind of pick one um, at, at some point. And I think what we ended up with finally talking about, Ross, was that if you have, let's say you search by the type of car versus the type of parts. So if you need a muffler for a 95 Honda Civic, 
You can start your navigation by drilling down to Honda Civic, or you can start your navigation by drilling down into the mufflers. But each way you go, maybe only two clicks through, those paths of navigation should converge into one path of navigation. So if you go into the, the auto type, you pick it, you go through Honda Civics, then you pick must mufflers as the part type, or if you go in a muffler and you pick Civics as the auto type, from that point on, no matter which way the user starts, they're both going to be in the same path of navigation. And if and as long as that first section where you have, have multiple choices stays only one or two clicks away from your consistent navigation, that's going to be really, really search friendly. I think the engines will like the site a lot because it passes relevancies from both of those paths into your, your final path, um, if that made any sense at all. You, you did, and, and I think to, to sort of bring another perspective to or another way of explaining it, uh, one element that really got me, um, was, I felt like I was going through schooling again, it was good, I needed a refresher, was um, if you have, you might want to offer a lot of different types of navigation because you want to, you want to help and please everyone. The key is that when you, you any these other forms of navigation have to, again, tie into the main one you've chosen. So, um, uh, and I, I believe you said a lot of this. Again, I'm just going to sort of put it in other words. Um, uh, in this case, you would click on um, the one example you used was mufflers. So you go to the homepage, mufflers. Then you are forced to choose the, the chassis of your car, you know, the, the model. Bang. Then you get pulled back into this, this chassis page and um, you find mufflers. And, and it just makes it that much easier for, for the search engines to follow this uh, because they're going through the one main funnel that is search engine friendly to the max whereas all these other different formats of search are search engine friendly to a degree but at some point you're going to have to interact with it to get to the other page which is the the page you're marketing the most of i don't know know, are we having a monday here or what i hope that made sense to you (laughs) i think one of the key things to remember when you're dealing with a site like that especially a site that has multiple paths of navigation to get to the same point is your 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 final page always has to have a single consistent URL. I've seen so many sites over the years that based on how you get to the content, the URL changes. You may end up on the same exact page, but if you if you drill down from direction A or direction B, you might end up with different URLs depending on how you got there. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens, you have to end up at a consistent individual URL for that page. You can't have multiple URLs. Yeah, amen. That's that's very important. And and you know the canonical tag is something we've discussed before. I'll remind everyone what that is again. That's a, a tag you add into the uh, header of your page, which tells Google what. Well, tells the search engines for that matter, because they're I think they're finally all covering it. Um, the big guys, anyway, um, mm-hmm. what they should um, consider the ultimate URL for that page. So if they go there with other extraneous URLs or other um, code is attached to the URL, they're going to con- uh, concatenate it they're going to say okay no we're not going to listen to all this other garbage they're going to make that page um the sole page so everything gets consolidated to that one yeah Uh, it's very interesting you brought that up because i I actually did we we have our weekly um, team meetings on mondays right before the show actually and today i did like a 15 minute training specifically on the rel equals canonical tag um and 
the interesting thing is uh, that I reminded my team was that a canonical tag is a suggestion to the engines. It, they take it very seriously, but it's not a directive to the engines. So they're not going to guarantee that they're going to you know concatenate everything onto this page. And there's a lot of other factors that could override that. Um, and I've seen it happen once or twice, but it, it, again, it's a suggestion. And it's also interesting to note that Bing and Google differ in the way they suggest you use the, t- the tag. So Google says, you know, it, both of them say it's not going to hurt you. You can use it without it hurting you. Um, but Google says, yes, you can put it on a- any page of your site. You can even have a canonical tag um, con- concatenate back to itself. So almost so it can say, yes, this is my homepage, and you can put the canonical tag on your homepage, so it points to your homepage. Um, Bing says do not do that. Bing says there's no reason to have a canonical tag point to itself. So there's there's definitely some conflict in the way the engines use that tag. I that doesn't make any sense. On, I know. I lean on the side of of you know go ahead and put it on a page pointing to itself. A because that's Google says it's okay and they understand it. And B if you have say you have an affiliate program that they put affiliate tag URLs on the end of a URL when they're sending you a, a link. Um, by having that canonical tag pointing to itself, it basically strips off those those uh, parameters on the end of that URL. So. I think there's lots of good reasons to have it pointing to yourself. Bing is just kind of out in its own world again for some reason. Yeah, I think I think there might have been something missed there because um, the canonical tag is meant to be on the page to tell the search engines what that page URL is supposed to be. So it always has to refer to itself. Um, not, well, no, not really. I mean, if you think about it, if I have a, you know, we're talking about uses of the canonical tag. Oh, so I see what you mean, right? Because the other ones, the other pages see. would. Refer to yeah, it. So I get you. Let's, say, right. let's say you're using it because you have a, an article that you wrote that's split up into three pages. And the second and third pages would have a canon- rel equals canonical tag pointing back to the first page. So it's the first page of the article that gets all the weight in the engines and you tell the engines this is the one that we want you to give the most weight out of those three. Right. Well, let's take a quick break. and we get back, uh, we, uh, one of our, uh, our writers asked some page one results, mentioned uh, what's happened to the base re- href, and uh, that's an interesting question. But uh, let's, uh, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Superior Affiliate Offers, Superior Affiliate Brands, Superior Affiliate Service, The Superior Affiliate Management. Superior Affiliate Management delivers direct exclusive offers with weekly payouts. Their mission is to ignite your e-commerce and ignite your commission. Superior Affiliate Brands means our work with the Internet Retailer's Top 500, as well as new brands, thanks to their full-service agency and CPA network. Superior Affiliate Service means lifetime bonus referrals and personal VIP treatment. When you hear Superior Affiliate Offers, Superior Affiliate Brands, Superior Affiliate Service, that's SAMOPM.com. Hi, this is Ross Dunn and And this is John Carcutt from SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. From our families to yours, we want to wish you a safe and enjoyable holiday season. Have a happy holidays, everybody. Get the good gifts this year. From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello and welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. My name is Ross Dunn and I'm the host of SEO 101 with John Carcutt from Advanced... Uh, ah, ah, I lost my notes. Not a taping, <laughs> Ross. It's, it's Not a taping. Hard, Ross. Yeah, thank goodness for live, huh? <laughs> Oh dear! From Advanced Digital, thank you. And uh, that's you know I had to do that for the last you know the last show of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so for the rest of the show, can I change your name to Ross Dunce? Yes, please. And you know I I I, I'm ten shades of red right now, so that's making up for it too. (laughs) And you're doing this when your son Xander's listening. Come on, what kind of example is this? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Uh, we were talking about the base href. It's, this is old school stuff, but uh, page uh, one results was mentioning that. And this is whatever happened to that, and why doesn't that, um, you know, seem to be the same thing as canonical? Uh, well, is and it, that's is that Sean at page one results? It's a good question, Sean. Anyway, but go ahead. The, according to I had to look it up. I haven't used the base href. I don't think I ever did. Um, but if I did, it's been a long time. Um, and the definition of usage is that the base tag specifies the base URL or target for all relative URLs in a document. So it's, from what I understand, that's just, I don't know how to put this in English, <laughs> but essentially um, it just specifies that you know, this is the base base URL to everything that you're linking to. So all the f- internal pages, if you're just doing a, a slash news, slash blog, or whatever it is you're linking within the site, you're telling the search engines that that's for www.stepforth.com. So if I remember probably about five or between WWDs and non WWDs, that's probably where <laughs> Try not to laugh, man. This is so Where's our producer when you need him? About okay. half a second I, I can
I think things should be all squared away now. Let's get ourselves back to Ross Dunn, Jark Archive. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm with John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. See, I've got my script in tow now. Can I just play this on on behalf of the last two minutes of the show? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Oh, this is so perfect for the last episode of the year and the 100th episode. Yeah, this this is classic. So, so we thought the base href, and I was saying that years ago people were trying to use base href in conjunction with redirects to fix www versus non www canonical issues. And if you find some old information on the web, they might be talking about that. It's no longer an issue anymore because we have, um, you know, things like the canonical tags, and people understand redirects much much better than they did then. Base href is strictly a programming type of command. or pro- It's a tag in your page specifically for programmers. Um, Ross, you're absolutely right. It's, it's for relative URLs. So if, you're, if, you pick, if you make your base href your homepage, any of those relative URLs that you have, and again, we're talking geeky here for you programmers and coders out there, anything that begins with a dot, dot, slash or a slash is going to reference back to your base href, which is your homepage. So you... you not you know instead of going back one directory you'll go all the way back to your home page if you code it right <laughs> page one results shame on you for asking such technical questions this way if you are a beginner seo and you hear about it, base hf just don't worry about it oh Hopefully Dana didn't fall off her bike laughing so hard from this episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be very good for sprints today. <laughs> I could see her running, running into some guardrail or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Xander. Really? Daddy's not this bad usually. Okay. Um, <laughs> We're so, drunk in a hot tub with cigar. It gets even worse. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> the thing that uh, Google did, though, which was pretty cool, really to give some relevance to text on a uh, on your page, you can specify street address. Well, essentially, it's just to make it really easy for the search engines to understand what they're seeing and grab it and, and use it. Well, that's just one example. You can use it for e-commerce. You can use it for so many different things. And it's barely being scraped, all the potential for it. Now, as a result, they've released these 10 videos, which give you all the different steps, all the way down to troubleshooting. And uh, I think it's a wonderful thing for them to do. And maybe, just maybe, We'll start listening. Yeah, I'm really scared to talk right now. Cause, I know. Because <laughs> the echo is back. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh. I, I actually ran across an issue with Rich Snippets just today with our sites. Because I found we have directories on our sites that, that for businesses. And we're showing uh, – we get a page listed for a business type in our business directory. And it's actually showing – Google Maps pins under our our description of our page. So let's say we have a, a listing for plastic surgeons, and it'll actually show under there two different plastic surgeon names with their address and phone number, and an A and a B, and the A and the B tie specifically to the local map that's on the page under our listing. So not only is that business showing up in the one box on the organic search results, but also under our listing. So it's really pretty amazing that, that they're tying those rich snippets to the local search box on our page, on the page we're showing up. 
Well, I got to say, I, I was so distracted by that. I, I <laughs> not sure what you said. Oh dear. Um, so yes, it's it's pretty amazing how much you can do with it. I know that uh, there's a lot to be had from it, and I think that as soon as the search engines start to see everyone using it, it's going to make a bigger or a greater effect in search results, and it's going to make things look a lot better as well. Um, I just wish it would. Uh, I don't know. I wish there was a little more education around it, and I think this is a very good start. 